Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is time for us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He, Jeff Smith, one of America's top 100 golf instructors, according to Golf Magazine. And those are the guys that know. Let's just hope they're right. Yeah, let's hope. (laughs) How many times have they been wrong? Um, I I rest my case. All right, listen. um, He is up at uh, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. I am am in the studio, and we are are going to talk about golf. We're going to talk about golf for the next hour or so, about many aspects of the game. Uh, Putting, which seems to be a problem. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we watched two of the best in the world miss three and four footers. Yeah. For millions of dollars. <laughs> lots lots of trouble there. Can you imagine? I don't know what it's like to putt for that kind of money. I don't either. I, I don't I mean, know. I get nervous, you know, over a 25 cent putt, you know, but be that as it may. Um, yeah. They they did good. And again, some of the best golfers in the world, their, their putters let them down over the past weekend in the uh, FedEx championship. I mean, they had, they had 30 guys, 30 of the best golfers this year on the professional tour and some of them were missing putts consistently. It was, it's tough to watch. It is. It is man. But you know, the reality of it is though, that's, that's the kind of thing that a lot of amateur players ought to at least pay attention to the, the heightened nerves are the Mm -hmm. heightened nerves for amateurs as well. The, The stakes are different. Right. But, but the thing is, is all of a sudden, it's not such a calm, happy thing anymore. Think about John, when you walk up to a putt and you just kind of one hand slap at it, you know, right after you've missed the thing, you got four feet coming back. You just walk over and look at it, smack at it. And dang thing goes in the hole. It does. There's no pressure on it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> it's also, I mean, if, if, if you're sitting, it's great. You can be sitting over a, a putt, a three foot putt with your knees knocking because you know it's going to break somehow and you're not really quite sure or whatever. And then the playing partner says, come on, that's good. And then you take, and then you hit it. It goes in because once again, yeah. the pressure's gone. That's right. We just, putting is just one of the many things we overthink in this game when we get out there. It's um, there's a lot of, there's a lot to putting though. So we can talk about that. Oh, there is. We will talk we, about we'll that. A few other things that uh, popped up uh, during my watching the uh, the FedEx Championship last weekend I wanted to ask you about, too. And if you can't ask one of America's top 100 teachers, what good is he? We're going to be right back. We're all those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. Hey, this is John Ashton. I got to tell you, I have learned an important lesson. Aches and pains are not something you have to put up with just because you're getting a little older. You know, my wife is a, is a critical care nurse. I've told you about that. Working on her feet, 12-hour shifts. It takes a toll on your body, and I've played golf once or twice. I'm sure you probably heard. Well, we always thought that maybe the pain in the knees was something you had to live with. It just meant you were getting older, but no. It means it's something that you need to take care of, and you can do so by going to Relief Factor. The stuff works, people. We've been taking their convenient packets three times a day, and let me tell you, we both feel a lot better. If you have everyday aches and pains, too, remember Relief Factor is 100% drug-free and is designed to be taken every day. Do what we did. You go to relieffactor.com weekend, and you order the three-week quick start for yourself and you'll be glad you did. Again, to claim your three-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com slash weekend. Once more, that's relieffactor.com slash weekend. 
Attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has $2,000 or more in credit card debt. If any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances, and now because of it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. Here's some really great news. It happened to millions of people at no fault of their own. But thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nation wide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call Credit Guard of America now at 800-672-6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925. Thanks for hanging. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith collectively known as those weekend golf guys. One thing before we get into putting, I heard them say a couple times during a coverage of the FedEx finals, when one of the guys was in the rough, they would preface what they were about to predict the shot to be by saying, if he can get a club on the back of the ball. Yeah. Now, if you're sitting in rough and you've got grass your ball sitting down and there's grass all around it. What kind of an effect does that have on the shot? Because you're not going to be able to have an unmolested club on the ball. Right. So let's, let's talk about that, right? Steep angle of attack is necessary to get to the back of that golf ball with as little grass in the middle as in between them two as possible. Right. Right. Because what's going to happen is your club is going to swing through that grass and it's going to plow into grass that plows into the golf ball. And there's this layer of grass in between. And, you know, the first thing it's going to do is reduce friction. Mm-hmm. It's going to reduce the spin on the golf ball. So it's going to come out kind of squirrely. Yeah. Like coming out like a knuckler almost. Yeah. You're not sure if it's going up. You're not sure if it's going down. And you're not sure if it's going to be the right distance. Right. Because there might be so much grass resistance that the club had slowed down significantly and significant in this case refers to it won't carry as far as mm-hmm. opposed to insignificantly, which means it will probably still carry as far. Right. Right. So let's think about the grass, right? What if it's wet and dense? There's a lot of club slowing going on there, isn't there? There is. Before that club got into the back of the golf ball, but what if it's drier, thinner grass, right? It's And all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's not as much resistance. So the goal here is figure out which it is. So you take some practice wings of something that's nearby that looks pretty much the same and kind of get a a sample of how much resistance I'm going to need. And that tells me how steep I'm going to have to come in, right? Yeah, definitely. Because i got to reduce the amount of grass coming in. So I need a cut. I need to cut down on top of it, right? So if I'm going to come in steeper... I might have to open up my face a little bit. Okay. You know, certainly the grass is going to affect the club face somehow. And it right. is going to slow it down. Doesn't mean it's going to turn it left. Doesn't mean it's going to turn it right. But let's just say there's an equal amount of grass between the heel and the toe. 
Okay. Right? So it's not just a clump of grass on the toe, which would then open the club face before getting there, mm-hmm. or a clump of grass on the heel side, which would close the club face before getting there. Let's say that that's an equivalent thing. Right. Right. We do know that the entire club is going to get slowed down. Yeah. So what we try to do is come down and cut down on that steeper. Usually steeper means we're going to go across our body. So we might want to open up the face a little bit and might want to close the stance a little bit. Okay. To Which would mean to, to close the stance, you'd want to move your, your front foot a little closer to the ball. Yeah. Or you'd move it in front of you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when we do that, now all of a sudden we can hoe that thing out of there a little bit better. But the club face will have a tendency to de-loft at that point because the okay. grass is grabbing at the bottom of the club and you're mm-hmm. still trying to force it. So the face is going to turn down just a little bit more. So okay. we take a look at that. We're like, okay, we got to offset this stuff. So let's go hoeing through the grass here. Let's close the stance a little bit. It's coming a little steeper, right? It's going to mm-hmm. happen. So let's, let's understand we got to have ball position that makes sure that we get the club to the bottom of the golf ball to head, send it up over the grass right in front of that ball. Right. But the rare thing, John, you've had this only on rare occasions in your golf life where there's a, a thick bunch of grass behind your golf ball, but none really in front. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, right? No. So we have to pay attention to what's in front too. So we need some extra loft. So we got to open the face up too. Okay. Tough deal. It is. Tough it deal. Is. So thick it is. Tough. And you also want to hold a little bit tighter, don't you? Well, certainly you're the- going to have to because, you know, you think about this, you're going to be ripping pretty hard at it. And mm-hmm. that grass is going to have a lot of effect on the club head. It's going to slow it down a lot. So there, there better be a firm grip on that thing. So this goes back to one, one, well, two things, actually. It goes back to what we were talking about last weekend, about how pay attention to your surroundings, to, to you know, notice the wind, notice the lie, and, and make adjustments accordingly. Just don't think that everything is going to be attacked the same way. And the other is keep it in the fairway. <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't that I be mean, nice, right? Come on, man. Just hit it straight. Yeah, you know? yeah that's all, John. Just hit <laughs> Ain't nothing to it. Of course, rough on it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they grow that stuff for somebody else, dude. That's right, man. I mean, if you just pretend it's not there, mind over matter. Yeah. There you go. So uh yeah. Cause I was saying if if he can get the, the club on the back of the ball, but but I mean look at that lie. He can't. I mean, why do you even preface it by saying that? You know he can't get a club on the back of that ball. So but again, you were where, talking about okay, go on. This this is where people have to consider the club that's in their hand. Okay. Right? You gotta have something that helps cut through there a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes let's say you John, let's say you're 160 yards out. Let's just say for, for fun that your 60 yard club is your six iron. Your 160 yard club, right? Mm-hmm. Is a six iron. Okay. And um you might need that hybrid now. That's that's what I always use in a that I always pull out my four hybrid because it just cuts through much easier than it does. Any iron it's got does. a leading edge on it that's that's sharper. You know, it's it's more angled. Um, it's got lower center of mass on the head than mm-hmm. the irons do. So instead of saying, "Oh, well, it's going to come out a little slow," I'll go with the five iron. No, five irons are hard to get out of the rough because there's not enough loft. Yeah. So that that hybrid you've got, it's got more loft on it, more mass on the head. Longer shaft, that one might be play through the rough a little better. Yeah, it does. I found that out the hard way. I mean, that's that's a lot of uh, <laughs> trial and error. 
more error than trial. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that you are willing to learn from your pain. Eventually you have to, man. (laughs) I mean, it took me a couple of times to go, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Maybe I should try something different. I think that's a good idea to be that (laughs) self-aware. Good idea. Yeah, it works well. I mean, that's 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 what those clubs were designed for initially, too, isn't it? The the tougher lies like that, the the real thin lies or in a thick rough or whatever. Yeah, that's the point. Is to make sure that you have um the the simple thought is understand your equipment, understand what it's good for, put the right ones in your hand for the situation. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. That's it. You've done that. And again, just be aware of your surroundings. But again, just real quick, you're talking about a clump of grass in the front. That that too is going to is going to slow down the ball, and that is going to add more friction. But it is after the loft to to throw it up over that. Yeah, because that ball is coming off of the face or the grass in between the face pretty quickly. Yeah. So we're looking to get that hoist that thing up over that grass that's in front of the ball immediately. So it can come out and fly and yeah. And do the, it's do really the hard right to play in that nasty long grass, John, when you're in, well, I'm sorry, you're never there. Oh, I don't, that's that right. Cause, really I refuse, stuff? Cause I refuse to play in courses that have nasty eye stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Or at least I refuse to look for the ball. It's like, nah. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I tell myself, there may be snakes in there. I'm not going in there. I'll just that's drop a, them. That's a donation to junior golf that's right. right there. That's it. That's Somebody it. who really needs that ball will find it eventually. Exactly. So there you go. All right. Hey, we, we, did, uh, we did threaten, promise, whatever, uh, to talk about putting. Because putting is what we do most often, yet it is usually the thing that we we think about the least we practice less often. Um, we give less thought to the club we use to do it. I mean, we may, we may have a fitted driver and fitted irons, but do we just pick up a putter that looks pretty and feels good at that little round thing at the big box store that we put on? Yeah, that's we, usually the deal. Usually let's talk about how you can be a more better putter and we will do that. When we come right back, we are those weekend golf guys. We're coming right back and we think maybe you should just hang out. Don't go away. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. The entire season of golf so far, there's been rounds of golf followed by rounds of drinks. And it seems that that one always begets the other for some reason. But one thing that we haven't had this year that we've always had is that argument about real beer, light beer, spirits. No, because we finally found something that everybody is actually going to agree on. And that was Arnold Palmer Spiked. I mean, who doesn't like that real juice and the iced tea combination? And you add 5% alcohol by volume to it and boom, you've got a hit. It tastes great, and it is something everybody in your group is going to agree on. What they're not going to agree on, maybe, is the size. You want to get a multi-pack? 
You want to get a tall 24-ounce can? You know, whether you're on the links or on the lake or wherever you are, it's going to be perfect for you. It's Arnold Palmer Spiked, and you can find it in a store near you at arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash golfguys. Or you can search for it on Drizzly or Instacart, but why bother? Just go to arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash golfguys, 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee. Malt beverage with natural flavors. Celebrate responsibly. It is us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there. Now, the question being, putting. I mean, a lot of people say you want to be a better putter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe uh, to be a better putter, you should just work on your uh, your irons and, and have better approach shots. <laughs> well, you know, that's if what you they can't hit a 30-footer. Putters think they have to be perfect strikers of the golf ball. Yeah. Good but, putters have less stress on their short game and less stress on their iron game because they're spectacular putters. And I think that that's pretty important for you to, to know, John. And I think that little, that little comment you made earlier about how we go about getting a putter, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Show up at the big box store and walk over to the putting green and say, I want this one. This one's got a cool name on it. I need to get one of these. Yeah. You know, Here's some thoughts about that. There's a handful of things that are pretty important in getting a putter. And mm -hmm. one, can you aim the stinking thing? Yes. Instead of just deciding, man, my buddy's got one of these things and it's cool. It is the baddest thing and I got to have it. But what if you can't aim that one for spit? What if yep. you can't? Hey, you're and talking preacher to the choir. I right. did that, man. I went out and got fitted for a putter that was a brand that, that a good friend of mine had, and I loved his. It looked good. It felt good. I couldn't name it. I could not align that thing to save my life. And if you can't aim it, you got deep trouble. Mm -hmm. Deep, deep trouble. So I think one of the things that's important is to understand the number one thing that I have people do is – Get a putter that they can aim. So if you're going to go show up to the big box place and you're going to go grab some putters, you go to the putting green and you get all the putters and then you test whether you can aim them. So it requires you to be around somebody else. And, you know, you say, I think I'm aimed at that thing over there. Then they'll tell you. And then right. you collect a little grouping of putters that you can aim. Yeah. And then you go back and do that same thing again only using the putters that you can actually aim and find out which one of those you can aim better than others. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because it's got a line. Maybe it's got two lines. Maybe it's got three balls on it. Maybe it's got no balls on it. Maybe it's got fangs on it. Maybe it's got no line at all. Maybe it's got a dot and maybe it just doesn't have any markings on it at all. But something about those putters, the head shape, the hosel configuration, whether it's a center shaft or a heel shaft or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Something it works for you. Is There's going something to be that... able to help you right. aim your putter face. Exactly. Yes. And once you narrow it down to which putters you, the two or three that you aim the best, then go with which one feels the best out of those and you have speed control. Mm -hmm. Because those things are key pieces of success. They are critical. You got to have that stuff. You don't have that stuff. You not happy. Yeah. Well, I mean, case in point, I'm gonna I'm going to use myself as an example here. Um about 10 years ago, I bought an Odyssey two ball putter. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
and they had just come out and, and it worked well for me. I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, and then we started the show and we started talking to a lot of people who were doing the latest and the greatest improvements on butters. And we got that spaceship butter. Yeah. That, that had, had the shaft uh, attached to the outside of the club head yeah. and, a, and a little alignment trick to it. That worked a little bit, but I was not as accurate with it. Uh, and then we got um, the, uh, the, the curved face putter. Yeah. And I used that, that for a while and couldn't, couldn't name that one anywhere near as well. And had that, uh, that laser sight putter that whatever, you know, uh, yeah. and I couldn't aim that one well. And then I had the, the, the one with the three lines, two on the outside. I mean, one on the outside, one in the middle and one on the inside, you know, three, three ways to kind of make sure your putter face was aligned and that didn't work either. About a year ago, I said, you know, this is crazy. And I went back into the garage, into the bag. I have the golf bag I have in the garage with just putters in it <laughs> yep. and pulled out the two ball putter and put it back in my bag. And I maybe three putt once, maybe twice around now. My putts are much more accurate and I can do the speed better and the aiming much better. And I'm getting very close on every first putt, no matter how far away it is, because I'm, I'm able to control the speed more. And my question is now they've redesigned the two ball putter for Odyssey. Yeah. Is the technology better now? I don't know. Because I need, I need to get it. You, maybe. Yeah, that's it. I need to I get it re for somebody else. I need to get it regripped. So I don't, do I get it regripped or do I just buy a new one? I'm not sure, you know, I, but that's my quandary. Well, and then I, I, would, fit I would it. take your old thing that you can aim mm -hmm. and go set it up against a new one and find out, does the new one help you aim it any better? Right. And if, that, if that's identical, then find out if your speed control and your feel is any better with right. one or the other. I mean, they don't build these things to last forever, so it's got to be. They don't, because <laughs> they would like to sell you one again next year. That's right. But they learn. They learn that from the automobile business. No, but nothing worth having is cheap, man. That's so, another mistake we make: is we, yeah. we, you know, buy the one that that's the cheapest, or or the worst mistake, which a friend of mine did, is he bought the one that had the fork on the back, so he can pick the ball up without bending over. <laughs> That was it, huh? That was it. That's that was the operative consideration for for his putter purchase. There you go. Yeah. Did you just tell him that you know you ought to get one that he can aim and and make more putts with, and then just put one of those rubber suction cups on the handle? No, I play him for money. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> so after we've gone through this this putter thing, so. Think about the four big things in putting, right? Okay. There's, there's four just gigantic ones, right? And one of them is, can you aim the face of the putter where you think you are? And we just talked about that. Right. Right. And then the other one is speed control. And we began talking about that in terms mm -hmm. of which putter to get, right? Right. So you got two of them right away that are big deals. So if we talk about speed control, it's certainly, can you stop the ball at the hole? That'd be a big deal. You said my short putt, my second putts are a lot shorter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My lag putts are closer to the hole. Right. So that's the whole thing is, can you stop it where you want to stop it? Guess what folks, why don't you just mentally get a stop sign and stick it like a six inches to eight inches behind the hole and mm -hmm. just say, fine, stop it right there at the stop sign. Yep. That takes away all those 
all those yahoos who, who who look at you in those scrambles going, hey, guess what? I'm gonna make this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hit it yeah. right by, I'm gonna hit it right through the break. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, you are. Never up, never in. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Captain Obvious, for that yeah. one. <laughs> never gets up to the hole, it can never go in. Wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> That's a genius one right there. Yeah. Yeah. All that does is, of course, John, is it just goads people into hitting it farther mm-hmm. past the hole. Look, we yeah. all understand there's four ways to miss a putt, left, right, short, and long. All they did is take out missing it short and guaranteed you'd hit it long. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you think about it and you go, all right, well, what's what's real here? Stop the ball at the hole means that that no matter how far away the ball started from the hole, doesn't matter whether it's a three-footer, a five-footer, a 10-footer, a 20-footer, a 50-footer, doesn't make any difference. It's still got to stop at the same place, mm-hmm. right? So your speed control has to be something that could get it into the hole, but not so far past that it problem. Yeah, you don't want to have a 10-footer coming back. Yeah, because that one first is not going in. Yeah. So that's a guarantee. Yeah. If you got a 10-footer going back, that thing just didn't trickle past the hole and then all of a sudden start racing and gaining speed because we're not playing U.S. Open stuff. No, no. Okay. So we know. So out of the, the two things we talked about, right, can you aim your putter and can you have speed control? We kind of covered some of those things. We've talked about them a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what about the mechanics? Everybody says this and that and the other thing, right? You go out, you play in the scrambles, and they're all talking about the same thing. You, know, you can just lay down a couple of coins and putt between a couple of coins and stick one out on the ground, you know, like an isosceles triangle right out there in front, and right. so you can roll it over a dime. You can put tees in the ground. You can do all kinds of. Yeah, you can. There are ways for you to check yourself, and and you can. I mean, there are some things you can do at home in your. Whoop. Some things you can do at home in your living room, man. Yeah, you can. You can, you can do that and you can think, how do I ensure that my mechanics are good? Well, the easy thing is, is just stroke it between two things and then hit it at something else, just you know, a couple feet out in front that's all small and see that your putter face is pointed the right place. So if your mechanics works, it goes between those two things, a couple of coins, you know, in some guy's case, he was in the hotel room, he used a couple of shot glasses, mm-hmm. you know, so just different things. And he, he put it into another shot glass, right? I'm not sure, you know, but it was one of those Las Vegas trips and he was doing it that way and showed me a video. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure that's all he was using the putter the shot glass for, folks. I'm yeah, pretty sure that was it. Exactly. That's yes. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is that you got to putt and you got to prove to yourself that your mechanics are good enough. Yeah. Good enough is all we care about. To be a good putter, we got to have mechanics that are good enough to produce a ball that starts where we want it to start. At the right speed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's three things. How about the fourth thing? How about can you read a green? Mm. Can you decide what in the heck you're supposed to be doing? Where should I aim this ball so that it ends up in that hole? That is the art and skill of green reading. And that is the $64,000 question. Yeah, it sure is, isn't it? <laughs> it it certainly is. And we have had, uh, you know, people argue about that with me on the green, going, this is going to break left. They go, no, 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 it's going to break right. The high point of the green's over here. Well, that's sometimes looking at where the high point of the green is, is not a foolproof way of figuring out which way that ball is going to break. Because Oddly enough, we're not putting on... Uh, 
uh, pyramids. Or a uniform surface of any kind. You got it. So right. let's let's dedicate an entire segment of this program to reading greens. Yeah. Why don't we do that when we come right back? Because it's fine. So if you are green illiterate like the rest of us, well, you're going to need this next segment. So hang out. We'll be right back. Do you know what this sound is? That's my face after shaving with my old razor. You know what this sound is? My new razor. It's from Harry's. It is sharper. You can you can have people tell you, yeah, get this razor. It's going to be closer and, you know, sharper blades closer. They're going to stay sharper longer. And you're going to go, yeah, right. That's what everybody says. And then you go and you see how much a Harry's razor blade costs. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. That is so much less expensive than the stuff I've been using. I am going to try it. And then you try it and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. It is so much closer than what I have been using. Why haven't I done this before? Do it now. We got a deal. Harrys.com slash golf guys. Go there now and you'll get a five blade razor, a weighted ergonomic handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover. It's a $13 value and you'll get it all for just three bucks. Never been a better time. $13 value for three bucks. Go to Harrys.com slash golf guys. Redeem that offer and try the best razor you have ever used and try it now. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $2 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're being taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $2. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 45 blue pills or 45 yellow pills for $99 and add five more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call us at 800-708-5127 and get your 50 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now. 800-708-5127. 800-708-5127. 800-708-5127. It's us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. He is one of America's top 100 golf instructors. We're talking putting. We're talking about the, you know, the, the four things, four big things in putting. We already covered. Um, can you aim? Do you have speed control? Are your mechanics good? And now it comes down to where the heck is this ball going to go? Yeah, And to do that, you need to be able to not not be a psychic, not be a medium, not predict the future. You just have to know how to read a green. You know what? There's a lot of people out there trying all kinds of stuff. I know. Right? I know. They're out there guessing. Yeah. Here we go. What's this? I don't know. What is that? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It's a round white thing. I have no idea. <laughs> Plum bobbin. I've yeah, asked people who plumb bob. Why? What are they doing? <laughs> and they said, well, I'm plumb bobbing. I said, okay, so what are you looking at? And they said, well, I'm looking at the shaft of my putter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Me being the generally sarcastic person that I like to be. Yes. In conversations, I, I said, well, are you consistent with where you're looking? They go, well, of course I am. I'm like, how do you know? Because... That's a tapered shaft you got there. 
shirts, the same width all the way down there. Sometimes I see you holding it up here, and the other times I see you holding up a little higher. I don't even know what you're looking at. <laughs> I mean, isn't the, isn't the thought process to that though is to to put something between your 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 eyes so you're not you're not seeing the uh, the the mixture. Um, so you can tell then if one side is higher than the other or lower than the other or whatever. I mean, that's that's the basic concept, isn't it? Yeah, right. To basically bisect the whole. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. You pretty well close your dominant eye there and you hang this thing out there and you look to see how much tilt that you can see. Yeah. The, the fallacy in that is that you can't see enough tilt anyway. You yeah. can't tell how much it is just with your eyeballs. Right. People get that stuff wrong like constantly. I was working with a guy um, on the north side of India. I teach up the Sagamore in Noblesville. And you know what? I, I was working with him and he started a plumb bob. I said, how long have you been doing it? He goes, oh, I've been doing it my whole life. I said, are you any good at it? He goes, nope, never have been. <laughs> you know? At the moment, I was awfully kind. <laughs> Which surprises me, man. But right now, I mean, this guy, Johnny, was your age. Uh, that old, so I huh? To, I didn't want to pick on the old and feeble uh-huh. at that moment. I appreciate that. All of us old and feeble guys appreciate that. But now <laughs> I have the opportunity. <laughs> I want to ask him, not of course I'm not naming names here. Let's uh-huh. just call him John. Unless uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. Hey John, so you've been telling me that you've been reading greens poorly your entire life and have never changed your green reading ability or your green reading technique. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So you haven't found out that there's a different way out there that's better than what you got because you kept sticking with what you got and what you got didn't work and never have. Okay. So you pretty well killed a lifetime of fun right there. Because when you're not making putts, you're not having any fun. Right. So let's talk about that thing. So I asked him, I said, uh, if you're looking at this green, what do you see? And he goes, I don't know. There's so many different colors in these greens. He says, I've always been confused by that. Okay. Said, many of us right. have. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because greens are all not one shade. As a matter of fact, if you stand on different parts of it, some are shiny and brighter. And you could walk right. around and look at the other side and it's darker. Hence, you would see some grain and know what that is. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's, different colors of patchiness in the greens that almost everybody plays. Yep. Cause they start off with one grass in them and then it starts to become this um, hodgepodge of grass on the greens, right? <laughs> on everybody's greens. It happens to everybody's. Sure. So you can't tell the slope and you can't tell anything because of the different colors and it just changes. So your eyes are always lying to you. Yeah. So, how would you figure this out, John? You walk behind the hole. You walk in. You, you walk to the other side of the hole. You walk halfway in and look ninety degrees to the slope. What? Do, how do you go about doing that? I, I believe, having uh, listened to you low these many years, that the walking, yes, that is the operative consideration. The looking, not so much. It's the walking and the feeling as you're walking. You have listened. <laughs> Good. Haven't I though? 
<laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Is that the avoidance of pain speaking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about this, if you're walking on a green and you just stop, aren't you then aware that there's tilt in one side or another just from your feet or your body and how it's canting your body and what the pressure is in your feet. Like you're walking on every surface in the world. You can always tell if one, say one side's higher than the other. Usually you can. Yeah. Yeah. If you're paying attention. Some, sometimes there's not enough for, for people like, you know, with thick socks and thick sole shoes and stuff to be able to, to discern what's going on there. Um, Yeah. But, but for the most part, yes, you can. Yeah, and there's some there's some subtleties to it, of course, but you know you should. And really the more often, and the more often you do it, the 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 more those subtleties you understand and can feel. You know, it, it's it's a it's a learned habit. It is. Just think three to five minutes every time you walked onto a putting green, that you just tuned in, tuned your brain in to what's going on. Right. Where are the highs and where are the lows under your feet as you walk around? Mm -hmm. Are you walking up a hill or walking down a hill? How about side tilt? The thing that makes a ball curve one way or the other, right? Yep. One side clearly higher than the other at that point. Your ball crosses over that point. Yeah. Well, you know, when you watch the pros play, a lot of times the caddy's the one who does it. But you'll see somebody standing, straddling the putt line. Yeah. Maybe four, maybe halfway between the ball and the hole. You will. They're looking for a slope. Yeah. That process is called aim point express. Yeah. Yeah. Of which you Um, are a a certified instructor of. I am. (laughs) Which. I am. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So as we think about it, if we're talking generally about it, let's just say it's general awareness of what you feel. And then how do you kind of calibrate that in your mind to say, okay, um, what do I do with this information? How does this feel of what my ball is going to roll across? How do I tell how much? And how do I then translate that into how far out I need to play this for the whole is that something you can really teach or is that something that you have to practice and learn to feel? Well, I teach it every day, but, but okay. You teach me that, but isn't it an acquired ability? You have to practice it. Just like everything that I teach, there is this thing that we do, John, it's called practice. I know. I think I just said that. I know. I just wanted to make sure that you (laughs) understood that it's actually possible for you to do it, not just say it. Yeah, But the point is, is that you will learn to calibrate yourself if you have some basis of evidence like, hey, this has got a little bit more tilt than the other one I just stepped on. Yeah. And you start to discern between them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. There's this range. So you could go to a big one and then go to a small one and go to a medium one and then go to a small one and then go to a big one and then a medium one. And then you just kind of. (coughs) It's in height. Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh-huh. Point is, is that you got to go do that and get a sense of that, like anything else. If you were going to say, "Well, I don't want to go practice that," well, then 
are you going to go practice reading it with your eyes when you can't see either? Or are you going to stay doing that for your whole life and have a lifetime of suckiness on the grains? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if, if you're going to uh, aspire to shoot par and I mean, you can give yourself two putts per, per green, 36 putts. That's a lot of putts, dude. That's a lot of putts. But still, if you can hit every green in regulation, two putts on every green will get you par. That's right? a lot of putts, dude. No, it, it is. But I mean, wouldn't that give you par if you hit every green in regulation and you two putted every green, you'd shoot par, wouldn't Good at basic math, John. Thank you, sir. <laughs> When's the last time you hit every green, John? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You're going to I require can't. yourself to do that. You need to make more putts, man. Yeah, Nobody exactly. Right. Exactly. Like the whole getting it up and down bit, right? Look at look at uh, these guys that we just talked about at the beginning of the show. Right here we are talking about tour championship. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the best putters in the world playing on perfect greens. Yeah. Every freaking week. Yeah. It's not like these guys are dodging uh, pitch marks. You know, they're not <laughs> out there on public golf courses with all the pitch marks in the greens because nobody fixes them. Yeah. No. They're out there on freaking smooth, perfect carpet all the time. Yeah. And they're still missing them. And they're still missing them, right? Yep. So let's let's not kid ourselves. If one of those guys had a 36-hole putt day, he's on suicide watch. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's a lot of putts. It is. I mean, he's calling up the tour van right away, and he's calling up his putting coach and either firing him or hiring him somebody <laughs> else. Something's going on, right? Yeah, right. That's who these guys are. They're like, dude, this isn't working. I can't seem to do this. They're either they're changing something because that but, just can't be. But for some of us, thirty six putts would be an improvement. Uh, I would hope not, but uh, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guys who are not breaking a hundred, guys who are shooting in the high nineties, they're probably two. A two putt is probably good for them. It is. They're probably three putting more often than anything else. That, and that's one of the reasons that they're shooting those numbers. Yeah, but the exactly. truth is back to speed control, right? Because this, the length of the second putt is crucial. It's got to be short. Yeah. In, in, in my evaluation of players' games, one of the first two questions I'm asking, right? Mm-hmm. I need to know a couple things just in general. I need to get a big picture of their game. I want to know a couple questions. I want to know the proximity to the hole in regulation, meaning can they hit it? Mm-hmm. And I want to know the length of their second putt. Right. <laughs> I don't exactly. care where the first one starts from. Yeah. I want to know their average length of second putt. Yeah. That tells me all I need to know. Yeah, start, definitely. It tells me a good starting point going, oh, got to go here or we got to go there. Yeah. I mean, if, if your average length of your second putt is a foot, two feet, then putting's not the thing you have to worry about right now. There's probably yeah. other other elements to the game to work on. But if you've worked on those other elements, if you can hit fairways on a somewhat consistent basis and you can hit greens or get get close to greens on a somewhat consistent basis, but you're, you know, three putting everything, then yeah, you need to short you need to short game that thing inside of five feet and make that putt. Yeah. Yeah. And again, one of the things that you can do is is I hate to say the word because it hurts to say it, but practice. That's why they have what they call practice greens. I know it hurts you to say that, John. (laughs) I know know, it hurts you to say that. 
get to the course maybe a couple minutes earlier than normal and throw a couple balls down and get a feel, work it around it. See if, you know, and don't be the guy who gets out there, throws a couple balls down, sinks the first, you know, puts one about 12 feet away, sinks the putt and goes, well, I don't want to waste any more good ones out here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Up and leave, you know. At a thousand, not gonna, not gonna mess with this record. Don't be that guy. We'll be right back. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years, and I gotta tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh yeah. The patented key ingredient is Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text SPARK to 321321 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text now and we'll include a bottle of new Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help get you back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text SPARK to 321321. That's SPARK to 321 one three two one All right, so we are back, those weekend golf guys. We've got just a few minutes left to wrap up. Uh, four big things about putting. We talked about it. Can you aim? If not, practice. Do you have great speed control? Can you stop the ball within a, a, a close proximity to the hole? If you can't, practice. Do you have good mechanics? Do you know if your club face is straight? Can you aim? You can't aim if you don't know your club face is straight. If you don't have good mechanics, what you going to do? Practice. And can you read a green? And if not, I mean, there's two things you can do. You can practice or you can find a new game to play. <laughs> so your two choices. Right. Happens that way, right? Choices. And you know what all that gets you, though? You just mentioned four things, but you know what it gets you? What? It gets What's you the get? thing that you need. Mm-hmm. Confidence. Confidence. Well, that's true. That's true. Right? Those four mm-hmm. get you confidence. If you find yourself in a situation where you got a seven foot putt that you have to sink, you don't you know want you to not when it's a seven foot putt. Yeah. You know you can read the green. Yep. You know your stroke works, and you yep. know you can aim your face. Yeah. That gives you the confidence to make that putt. And Otherwise, the confidence, and that's half the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think because because you know what do they say ninety five percent of this game is one hundred percent mental. Um, or the I don't know the the math doesn't work unless you're Yogi Berra, or is it Yogi Bear? I'm not sure which one of those said that, but uh, I'm one not of sure. Them. But I think if you slur <laughs> the last part of that, I think you can get by with anything. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you ever miss any of these shows, you know, you can always get great information from Jeff because he dispenses it for free every day, which is not too shabby for one of America's top one hundred golf instructors. Because right now, after you get that behind his name he don't do anything for free anymore except this so you listen here and you can get free advice you can get a game improvement just listening to him if you want to get some more specific help jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com is where you need to go if you want to hear any of the shows you may have missed thoseweekendgolfguys.com is where you want to go and if you want to just hang out and play with us a little bit you can either go to facebook.com golfguys or the league of extraordinarily average golfers on facebook we like those guys. We, have, we, we like those guys too. <laughs> so 
All right. And um, that's, oh, and I just found out to a brand new article. Go check it out. Just go to our Facebook page and check it out. Links Magazine just did six of the best Pete Dye golf courses that nobody knows about. And number three on the list was Kearney Hills, a municipal course in Lexington, Kentucky. So we're going to go play that soon. We've never been there. Otherwise, just pick up some clubs, practice, and then go play some golf. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.